I always love being here with Dennis. Good afternoon to you, Dennis. Nice to have you with us again for another week. Well, it's always good to do it with you, Dave. We've been doing these programs on and off for many years, haven't we? We love it. We love it. And we're inviting your calls now. Would you like to talk to Dennis? You will be able to get through straight away if you pick up the phone and dial 49216216. We'll get you in and you'll be on the radio talking to Dennis. What else are you talking about? I love your topic today, Dennis. This is an interesting one. Well, I thought today we'd touch on a topic that um, I've done before over the years and it's always created interest, and that is looking at where we get our herbs from and how we can, in this country, begin to take what other countries are already doing, and that is the looking at the growing of medicinal herbs commercially. So cash cropping is what we're going to look at. Of course, taking calls from anyone about anything, but I thought as a lead-in, we'd look at this fascinating commercial possibility for young and old, large and small, the possibility of locking into supplying the industry with product that's in accelerating demand, with most of it coming from overseas, cash cropping. We've got Steve waiting on the line. But before we do that, uh, a little bit of uh, uh, something we had to look for from last week's show. Um, Last week we were talking about um, herbs for various skin conditions, particularly topical preparations. And uh, I mentioned a preparation uh, based on bergamot or bergamot, as some people refer to it, uh, as a potential agent for some skin conditions. Um, a listener very kindly contacted our office subsequent to the program and told us that oil of bergamot is no longer permissible to use for topical applications, so I wanted listeners to know that. Okay, thank you for clarifying that for us. Let's go to calls now. If you'd like to get through, you will get through straight away. 49216216. And Mannering Park, hello, Steve. How are you feeling? Oh, not so bad. How are you today? Hello, Steve. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Good, mate. How can we help you? That's good. Yeah, just um, a couple of questions about gout. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. And I've uh, tried all the arthrexins and uh, yes. uh, and that yes. sort of thing, and yes. all that's coming back. Yes. Well, look, th- there's quite a, an interesting way of addressing gout preventatively using natural medicines, and it might seem rather um, novel when I tell you uh, that one of the most useful agents as a preventative is to use a concentrate of cherry. Yeah, yeah, I've got Now, it's got to be a concentrate. Unfortunately, there are a number of products in the marketplace now that are high-quality encapsulated preparations that incorporate the concentrate of cherry. One of them is called Gout Fighter, and it should, okay. be, it should be available uh, at any of your good health food stores. Where do you live, Mannering Park, do you? Yes. What's, yeah. your, what's your closest health food store? Uh, probably Morissette. Okay. Well, I know the people at Morissette. They run a very good operation there, and I'd encourage listeners yep. to patronise them. Um, go in and ask them for Gout Fighter. I think it's a Nature Sunshine product, a good Australian okay. company. I have used yep. that myself because periodically, less so now, but periodically I would get gout, and um, I have found that it's very, very effective as a preventative okay. agent. Um, of course, with an acute episode of gout, you must go down the, the medical pathway of using things like colchicine and anti-inflammatories, but uh, as a preventative, and that's more important, uh, think of cherry. I think of the preparation I'm talking about. You'll all also find it'll either have some willow bark or some celery extract with it. But um, that's a very sound preparation, and I have a number of my own patients taking that preparation, gout fighter, as a preventative agent. Dennis, as we talk just about gout for a little yep, bit more, yep. what flares it up? Because it, it is yep, with people from yep, time to yep. time, isn't it? Look, there's a, a big debate on this. It was thought uh, 
that various foods, um, you know, offal, sardines, um, seafood, that this might trigger it off. Others have said red wine triggers it off. Um, there's debate about that. Um, some patients um, don't have that sort of history. Uh, others do. I'm a little bit inclined to think that it tends to be genetic. That might be medically controversial. Uh, my father experienced gout, and gout, of course, is an elevation of uric acid. And sometimes, unfortunately, medication can also cause an elevation of uric acid. And if people are on multiple medications uh, and they're finding that they're getting uh, gouty symptoms, they should at least have a word with their pharmacist because some medications can push up the level of uric acid which is behind the, the, the episodes of gout. But where that is clear, um, even, uh, even sometimes where a medication might be provoking it and where the medication is obviously necessary, using gout on, using cherry ongoingly in a concentrated form. Now, let me emphasize that, a concentrated form where the active chemistry of the fruit has been extracted and concentrated. If one uses that, one can be pretty confident one would get good relief from recurrence of it. Great topic. Thank you, Steve. We hope that helps you. And I know it can be very, very painful. One of my mates gets it and he said mm. so painful even just to walk around. or to It is up. indeed. Uh, we've got Jeanette joining us right now from Cessna. Or is it Janet? How are we with that? Jeanette? It's Jeanette. Thanks, Dennis. Hello, Jeanette. How are you doing? Well, thank you. Good, good. How can we just help you? Just a query on bursitis. Yes. I can't take um, anti-inflammatory drugs yes. too much because I've got an IBS. Yes. I was just wondering if you've got any... Yes. Where is your bursitis? In the hip, mainly. In the hip joint. Okay. Look, there is a bit of relief um, for you here. You've had it for a fair while, have you? A couple of years now. Okay. Well, I'll make a couple of recommendations, but to start with, what I'm going to do, because you've rung into the program and you're obviously interested in the program, I'm going to make sure that my office sends you a container of my product called Glucosaplex. Right? So before you go off uh, off the air, make sure you talk to our producer to give her your name and address and we'll make sure that that gets away to you because many people over many years, uh, Glucosaplex, my product with the Dennis Stewart logo on it, has been out there for about 20 years now and many people have vouched for the usefulness of that preparation in alleviating the symptoms of bursitis, particularly where uh, mainstream medication, particularly the anti-inflammatories you're talking about, uh, can't be tolerated. So that will go to you, but also what would be useful for you is to get hold of some stiff, sore and sorry. Now that is a topical preparation, and when we talk about topical preparations, we're talking about things that are rubbed on or massaged into the the skin or the joint and stiff sore and sorry is a topical application that's based on arnica and the oleo resin of capsicum i had a little bit to do in developing that product for the local people that make it it's not my product but i vouch for its efficacy my wife uses it i prescribe it clinically i know the people that are behind it they're good australians having a go to get a product out there get hold of some stiff sore and sorry from mark brown in the uh, woolworths arcade there you know where mark is don't you in the in the yeah, Viking, yeah, he's a great guy, Mark. Go down and and tell him and um, mention the program, and I'm sure he'll look after you. Some stiff sore and sorry. The glucosaplex is coming to you. Hang on, we'll get your details. All right, Jeanette, thank you for your call. Hold on, Sally, we'll talk to you and get those details from you. While we're on this topic of bursitis, mentioned there, Jeanette gets it in the hips. Where else yeah. can you get it? In the in the shoulder joint. Yeah, yeah, and it, look, it's. It's an inflammatory condition, and uh, some management techniques 
involve what are called mainstream anti-inflammatory drugs, and they're very useful. Um, occasionally, uh, during my lifetime, I've resorted to the naproxen or the indicid, but she mentioned that she had IBS, I think. In other words, she had some gut conditions, and those conditions can sometimes contraindicate the use of any of those non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. All right, 49216216, that's the number. Just as you heard there, Jeanette got through. You could get through right now if you'd like to give us a call. 49216216 at 2 in your RFM. 23 past 12, our topic today, growing herbs as a cash crop. Let's yeah, concentrate yeah. on this for a moment. Uh, for an example... Yeah. Honey, bees. Oh, okay. well, well, honey, honey, you could say is a, a byproduct of of herbs. I can vouch for that. But what I've always been interested in, Dave, is the trying to get Australians to take seriously the idea of cultivating, getting into the industry of growing many of the medicinal herbs that we import to support the natural drug industry in this country. You would be surprised. You would be surprised if you knew the millions and millions of dollars of dry herbal products that we import into this country to support the herbal industry in its manufacture of so many products. And all around the world, countries, particularly the United States, and in Europe, particularly Europe, all around the world, um, there is an industry associated with the growing of medicinal herbs. And I had a lot to do with it many years ago with Professor Elliott from this university. Uh, he became a, a great friend of mine, and he and I actually grew Echinacea purpurea on his property at Pete George's uh, Road, Arimba. I think we were the first to actually grow it. And uh, his crop became uh, so well known that uh, a major American company, Newpro, uh, came out to visit and have a look at it and couldn't believe the quality of it and, and wanted to take all that we could produce. But um, that is an example of where uh, we got into taking seriously the idea of growing a medicinal herb, in this case Echinacea. And for many years, for many years, I conducted one-day cash crop seminars all around the state and in New Zealand. And interestingly, interestingly, the New Zealanders are the ones that have taken it on board. They're great farmers <laughs> the yeah, New yeah. and great entrepreneurs. Look what they've done with honey. They've captured the market with, with manuka, and yet our jellybush honey, in my opinion, is, is just as good. Yeah. Now, look, there is a book. I'll mention the name of the book, and then we'll move on, because I know there are listeners out there interested in this topic. There is a book written by the American Richard Allen Miller, M-I-L-L-A-R. He wrote a book called Herbs as a Cash Crop. I'll say it again, Richard Allen Miller's book, herbs as a cash crop. He wrote it to encourage young small farmers in the United States not to be drifting away from the land, but to stay on their land in the face of agribusiness and get into this novel industry. It's published by Acres, A-C-R-E-S. It's easily Googled up, easily accessed. It's a great starting work to look at all the ins and outs of getting into an industry that can make you money and augment your income. What are some of the other herbs that we could mm. grow? Mm. You mentioned echinacea. Yeah. Look, in my opinion, we can grow anything here. I'm doing a lot of work presently in trying to encourage the growing of one of the most uh, lucrative and important medicinals, which comes out of the United States, called golden seal, botanically known as Hydrastus canadensis. Fortunately, many years ago, when I say many years ago, 20 years ago, I was responsible for working with two of my students to import through customs some um, rhizomes of uh, golden seal, and that became the starting material 
for a struggling, a struggling propagation of the herb here in Australia. Um, one of my friends is probably the sole propagator of golden seal in Melbourne in an ideal climate, but I have in the Hunter for a couple of years demonstrated that golden seal can grow here and there are a number of people to whom I've given uh, plants to see if in their location they can get it moving because in the US it is cultivated, it is cultivated, it's forbidden to harvest it from the wild, but it's cultivated commercially and here's a herb that I purchase for over $400 a kg dried. Wow, mm. that's impressive. So that's, that's the sort of information that uh, young farmers on small land holdings should take on board. It's an exciting possibility, but uh, we've got to get with it because this is an industry that's bypassing us. Let's say good afternoon. Helen, how are you? You've been waiting there patiently at East Maitland. Yes, I'm okay, thank you. How are you, Helen? Um, how can we help? I've got scoliosis of the spine. Yes. Could you tell me how, if there's any herbal... Well, that would help. Uh, your scoliosis, for the sake of listeners, is where the, the spine has a curvature and it can sometimes be quite painful, can't it? Yes. And what are you presently using it, or what are you pre- presently doing for it, um, with uh, Helen, with, with the condition? Are you taking anything, or what is doctor doing for you? He just told me the only way to get help with it is exercise. And are you doing a bit of exercise? Yes, I love walking. Oh, that's good. Look, just a couple of little... Are you using any painkillers, I should ask first? I also have um, arthritis, so yes, I'm taking painkillers for that. Look, a couple of little things I'd recommend to you. Um, I think it would be useful for you to use that product that I mentioned earlier, Stiff, Sore and Sorry. Apply that topically. It's not a cure but it's a useful agent when persevered with uh, to work to relax the musculature and also to relieve some of the uh, pain and inflammation associated with it. And so what I'm going to do, if you hang on after our conversation, the producer will take your name and address and I'll make sure my office sends you, free of charge, some stiff, sore and sorry for you to try. Uh, Secondly, I would suggest, uh, and discuss this with your doctor also, I would suggest that you contemplate some massage therapy. Now, massage therapy is one of the best therapies, in my opinion. It's an opinion. It is the best form of physical therapy. It's relaxing. um, It is, is calming. And it's able to get a lot of those muscles that might be in tension and spasm a lot more relaxed and give you a little bit more relief than what you're presently getting. It's a good investment. I think, therefore, if you do what your doctor has said, the exercise routine, use the stiff sore and sorry that we're going to send you. Use it regularly, even when you start to get benefit. And for those that use stiff sore and sorry, it um, it takes about three or four days to start to kick in. That's the nature of the medication. Once it kicks in, keep using it because the, the effect will wane rather quickly. But it does work. It's based on arnica and an oleoresin of capsicum. Use that on a daily basis and uh, book yourself in every now and then for a good massage and I think you'll find that that'll give you a head start in coping with your condition. Hold on the line there. Sally will get your details and we thank you for giving us a call today, 49216216, if you'd like to get through to talk to Dennis. Let's continue now and we've got Jan joining us from Tanambit. Oh, hi. Um, I was listening to your program mm-hmm. last week and you yeah. were talking about sugars and yes. how it's 
gradually crept in yes, yes. into um, our yep. diet yes. <laughs> without us really realising mm, how mm. much is in the processed foods we buy and the tin foods and all the rest of it. Yes, yes. And I didn't catch the the, uh, the name of the book. So the the name of the book was was is called Sweet Poison. Poison, and who is it? Uh, I thought she was going to ask me that. I should know it off by heart. I've recommended it to so many um, people. Uh, I can probably Google Yeah, it look, you Google things. up. It's such a popular work, and um, I have not read too many works um, that have provoked uh, so much um, thought and consideration uh, right. that that book has done. Um, there have been a number of works uh, written over the decades on the way in which uh, sugar has become so present in the Western diet. There was a Professor Yudkin at London University uh, many years ago, I think even in the 50s. Um, he wrote a book along similar lines, which was quite revolutionary. And his son later on wrote a work also implicating um, sugar as being an agent which is too present in our diet. It is, and, and we don't realise it. Like now when I go to the supermarket, I look at all the tin foods sure. and things, and I think, oh, my God, look how much sugar, and, and even the juices sure. and the, the, the children sure. have. David like, Gillespie. How much, how da- David Gillespie. David Gillespie is the writer's yeah, name. Right. Look, I, I, I agree with you. I'm very constantly uh, um, observant as to my sugar and carbohydrate intake because um, I'm borderline type 2. That means um, I've got to watch what I eat, and particularly uh, the most refined form of carbohydrate is the sugar, and I have to be very, very cautious. I maintain my uh, status very, very well with uh, good monitoring of my blood sugar levels regularly, uh, and through my GP every uh, three to six months, getting what's called my HbA1c looked at, and it's always seven or a little bit below, Um, but... I used to eat a lot of baked beans. I love baked beans. But you know the problem? Next time you go to the supermarket, have a look at some um, uh, species or some varieties, some brands of baked beans, and look at the amount of sugar in them. It's disturbing. So it's unfortunately, uh, with baked beans now, (laughs) I have to make my own. Okay, let's continue with calls right now. We've got Julie with us, and Julie's from Lemon Tree Passage. Hello, Julie. Uh, uh, hello, Dennis. Um, I'm just reading with a bit of a um, query to see if you can see, would there be any connection between taking evening primrose oil yes. and having trouble, very bad knee pains? Um, I developed, I've been, I've been like I'm in my late 50s and yes. been taking evening primrose, um, mm. you know, for, for menopause. Yes. And... Um, Anyway, about three and a half years ago, woke up one day, absolute chronic pain in my knee that I couldn't even walk, hadn't done anything to it, and um, had x-rays, they said, no, just sort of medium arthritis, and I am overweight, so that sort of was a bit too. Um, Anyway, that's sort of been ongoing. I've had massages which have helped, but just in the last couple of months for... Um, a reason I went away urgently and stopped taking the evening primrose. Now, my knees are nearly normal. Okay. Could that be related to that? Okay. If it is related to it, it's the first I've heard of it. But let me be quick to say um, we can become reactive individually to many things which 
ordinary or many people are not allergic to or reactive to, and this goes for supplements, foods, as well as medications. I think the interesting thing here is you said when you went off the supplement, your condition improved. Now, that to me, that to me indicates that for you, uh, primrose oil, oil of evening primrose, uh, which is a good source of what's called gamma-linoleic acid, GLA, which is excellent for skin conditions, excellent for breast congestion, excellent for a lot of uh, female uh, reproductive problems, uh, it might in your situation uh, be the factor that's triggering it off. But let me say quickly again, I've not um, heard of that before. I'm going back to my rooms after the program. I'll look in one of my texts to see if there is any um, indications or information suggesting uh, reaction, but it would be most unlikely. But in your case, I think you've uh, basically um, demonstrated that it, it may be not for you. Yeah, yeah, because I just I couldn't work it out. I mean, mm, you know, I went mm. for one knee, then that cleared up, then it went to another mm, knee, then yeah. I had two years or 12 months later, I had another x-ray, and his mm. <clears throat> man, they said... The, the arthritis hasn't changed. Like, it got okay. to the stage yep. I couldn't get out of chairs okay. or, like, walk, you know, to the letterbox. But now, yeah, it's just like, <clears throat> am I imagining this? Or oh, no, I look, no, no, don't, don't imagine it. As I said before, you've demonstrated in this case that for you it would seem that this supplement, which is very well tolerated by, by most people, that for you it may not be appropriate. And what what might be useful for you to do is to contemplate using something with, with glucosamine in it, or something with the New Zealand green lip muscle in it, something that addresses the osteoarthritic condition uh, from another perspective. As we welcome along a call for you right now, waiting patiently at Macquarie Hills, we're talking about ginger and garlic with Denny. Good afternoon. Hey, how you doing? Hello, Denny. How are you doing there? Yeah, good. Good, just, good. Just a, um, you know, you're talking about getting property owners to grow a bit of yes, herbs and yes, spices and yes, all this sort of thing. Yes. Um, not that I, I might be growing the wrong stuff, I guess, but um, it's not quite as easy to sell as, as what people think. I think, again, again, it depends upon what you're growing. And I've, in the first thing I do when I lecture on this, and I've lectured to large audiences um, all around the country, and as I said in New Zealand, the first thing to do is to look at those herbs from which you're going to get the most gain, in other words, the most money. And yep. I've always said in my lectures, look to the North American medicinals because they are the ones that are the backbone of many natural herbal medicine products in health food stores and pharmacies. And I've mentioned two North American herbs this morning that can vouch for this. I mentioned Echinacea and I mentioned Golden Seal. Now, as far as I'm aware despite my having lectured on the growing of echinacea uh, for many, many years all around Australia, I understand that only the New Zealanders have taken it up and are doing it at a commercial level. I stand contradiction, but I guess what I'm saying is if you're going to get into cash cropping in any serious way, don't grow those things that require a lot of effort and hard work for minimal return. And you've got to look at the marketplace and, and see that, for instance, bringing or growing Echinacea angustifolia, which is the, 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 the scarce species of uh, Echinacea. Um, my last um, uh, quote um, the, that I got to supply me for Echinacea angustifolia was about $46 a kg. Now, admittedly, that was importing it from the US, but our dollar was riding high at that stage. 
So I say to you and any other grower that's interested in growing herbs as a cash crop, look at those herbs that are the backbone of herbal medicine supplements. Look at the price at the, in, the, in the world market. Look at the yields that you can get per acre. And with Richard Allen Miller's book, Growing Herbs as a Cash Crop, all that information is there, how to calculate what you're likely to get, say, in growing something like echinacea per acre and how to calculate its worth. So I could talk on this topic for hours and hours, but uh, get hold of that book, and I say it to listeners out there that are interested, Richard Allen Miller's book, Growing Herbs as a Cash Crop. If you have any problems getting the book, contact my office because I think we have uh, supplies of it there. I can't vouch for it, but ring my office on 49562321. Just a reminder too, if you have a partner or friends who missed the show today, Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart, you can always look it up at our 2 and URFM website in a day's time, two days' time. It will be up there and you can listen to it as a podcast. So pass that information on to your partners, on to your friends who like to hear or maybe you heard something and you want to pass that information on about what Dennis mentioned in the show. You can always follow it up on our website, 2NURFM.com. Go to the podcast page and look for the latest Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart. Let's continue. Hello, Barbara. How are you doing there today? Hello. How are you? Hello, Barbara. How can we help you? Okay, I've got deep Ravone's tendonitis yes. in the left wrist yes. after the um, elbow. Mm-hmm. My husband has the same condition too, and yes. he's in a wheelchair. So I'd like to know how stiff, sore, and sorry would work for us. I think it would work very well. And what I'm going oh, to and what I'm going to do, as I did with the previous listener, we're going to send you a container of that to try, free of charge. Oh, that's wonderful. So you'll be able to. Uh, we do that. Um, I make nothing out of it, but I know the people that um, have made that product. I help them develop one aspect of it, um, and they're a young local couple, and uh, they're having a good go at the, at the industry, and that product does work. As I've said before, my wife uses it. If, right. you, if you hang on, we'll get your name, address, and send you from my rooms. Give us a couple of days before it'll get to you, Thank but you. it'll come from the station via my office, stiff, sore, and sorry, for you to try on your tendonitis and also your husband's. Hold on the line there. Sally, we'll get your details from you and we'll get that organised for you. We are listening to Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart. Our topic today, growing herbs as a cash crop. Now, it's proving pretty popular. Denny said he's very interested. Can Mm. you expand Mm. a little bit Mm. more on it and quite possibly what we should be looking as being the herbs that we look towards planting and getting involved in? Well, I'm glad Denny rang because um, growing things like ginger and garlic... You've got to grow a lot of that to be uh, competitive because those things are imported from from third world countries and whilst I will only purchase local garlic, uh, garlic that's from the markets, um, it's a product that's difficult in my opinion um, to do well out of in any significant way, particularly in comparison, say, with some of the medicinals that I've been talking about. And that's why I encourage Danny, and again, I would encourage other potential growers. And let me say, potential growers don't have to be people with broad acreage. Uh, Richard Allen Miller's book is very, very good. So herbs like echinacea in the three species, that's a starting base. Golden seal is something down the track. But there are a whole range of others. Valerian, for instance, is a a very useful herb the American skullcap the list goes on and on and on but I come back to the point do your homework find out what are the backbone herbs what their imported price is see how your bit of land can grow it and the effort required to do it 
and take it from there. Are they all good for our climate here, Hunter Valley, uh, no, maybe a, down the Central Coast? That's a very good question. Um, some herbs would not do well here, but I demonstrated even at Rothbury the growing of Echinacea pallida was entirely successful, entirely successful. So it does depend upon what herb you're growing, and that's why it's important to do your homework and your groundwork. The industry can work, as I've said, in New Zealand it's doing well, and there's no reason why it can't do well here, particularly at a time when we're looking for industries. Last question, is mm. there many people in our area doing it, growing it? Look, I suspect not. I suspect not. Uh, but I'd be happy to talk to anyone and help anyone who's interested in getting into the marketplace, particularly young, struggling farmers who have a small bit of land and are wondering what they can do to make it work. Great stuff. I'll be back with you next week. I'm looking forward to it, Dennis. Dave. Thank Good you very you. much. Good on you, Dave. There you go. And if people would like some more details, what number at your okay. office can we call? 49562321. 49562321. 39 Alma Road, New Lambton. Always good to have him with us. Every Friday you hear him from midday to one. It's Dennis Stewart with Health Naturally at 2 in your RFM.